taking sports to another level. Welcome to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Exploring the latest headlines and going behind the scenes with in-depth interviews, hearing personal stories and the impact of sports in their lives. Here's your host, Richmond Weaver. What time is it? Welcome everyone. This is Rich Take on Sports and two episodes are now complete. So welcome to episode number three. I am your host, Richmond Weaver, and glad you're listening through whatever format that might be. And thank you for being a fellow investor by investing your time to listen to our podcast. Now, as I mentioned in the previous episodes, episode number two and number three is going to have a little different format than episode number one, where again, we're going to be more guest-centric. And today we're going to focus on our guest, Garrett Dieter, former wide receiver for Bowling Green State University, where he really made an impact and ended up being a graduate transfer at the University of Alabama. And now he's with the Kansas City Chiefs, trying to make the team as an undrafted free agent. And my hunch tells me he'll do it. Now, here's the rich spotlight. Shining brightly to share the stories of people in sports. This is the Rich Spotlight. Our guest this episode is Garrett Dieter, former second team All-Mac selection at Bowling Green University as wide receiver and University of Alabama, where he was a graduate transfer last year. And now he's trying to make the team for the Kansas City Chiefs as an undrafted free agent and I think you'll really enjoy hearing this interview because he's starting his grind where some other interviews where we're exploring a more significant journey. This is a journey that's just really beginning. And what's really interesting about this is that when I recorded the interview, this was just a few days after he just announced he got engaged. So life is going really well for him. He's all excited about that. And just the joy of starting this new chapter, not only with a proposal and getting married, but also just the new chapter of finishing up his playing career in college and now trying to explore what the next steps are. And this was before the NFL draft. So he was unknown what was going to happen. But knowing Garrick, I think there's going to be a great opportunity for him to prove a lot of people wrong. And I think he might be able to do that in Kansas City. I hope you enjoy the interview. Thanks for joining us today, Garrick. Appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. Very excited about it. And uh, before we explore your journey, You've had some recent news and you've had a ton of big catches throughout your career, but correct me if I'm wrong, your biggest catch might just come recently when you got engaged to Meg Craft. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it might be. I'm sure she'll say that a hundred times over, but uh, couldn't be more happy to be with her and hopefully start a, a good life coming up here soon. Now, just to backdrop, have, were you guys high school sweethearts? Give us uh, a story. We met at Bowling Green and... Um, we kind of met over, we met over social media and uh, we hung out and I really just kind of fell in love at first sight and been together ever since. So it's been uh, three and a half years since we've been together and um, it's, been, it's been a great ride and, and I'm happy I could top the question with your parents and my parents and, um, you know, it's just a great thing to, to have done. Obviously wanted to move forward with her in my life and she has been wanting to, so it's, uh, it's been a good thing. 
That is fantastic. Now, you know, I'm coming up on 20 years of marriage in October, and but one of the things that my wife still gives me grief about is that I dropped the ball completely on the proposal. Uh, so t- tell our listeners uh, your proposal and how did it go? Uh, I think it went really well. It was up in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, we were going to do it at Rock City, the little park at Lookout Mountain. And um, we go up there, and uh, I just told her that we were going to go whitewater rafting, which she was not too happy about. Um, so we were supposed to get, like, we got to, we were staying on this, at this cabin on top of this mountain. Um, and basically, like, the time change there, it's like, look how mountains, like, 20 minutes from where I was staying. And um, where I was staying was, uh, eastern or central or eastern time. And then look how mountains, central time. And everything kept getting messed up. And it turns out that, the park was closing early because of a storm that day, so oh it kind of ruined my plan proposed at the park. And then uh, I was told uh, her parents and my parents were obviously surprising her. And, um, I just told them to come up here to the uh, to the little cabin, and I popped the question, and, and they popped out, and um, it was a great, it was a great moment. I love it. Well, you're definitely going to make my wife jealous. That's for sure. <laughs> and, uh, so now still kind of into the personal side. Uh, and before we really explore your journey, obviously you've got a unique name, one of the coolest names uh, around, but it's, it's within your whole family and it started with your dad and his, uh, how he gravitated to sports, but give us the, the names of your other brothers and you know, how all that came about. Yeah. Um, a lot of, Older brother Nolan, named after Nolan Ryan. Um, yep. I'm obviously Garrett, after Luke Garrett, and my youngest brother is Thurman, after Thurman Mustard. Um, my dad was just a huge sports fan growing up, and um, obviously he loved baseball, and the Yankees were his team, um, and obviously Nolan Ryan was never a Yankee, but, um, you know, he just, I, I can't remember the story about how he named Nolan, but uh, I remember. My youngest brother, Thurman, was supposed to be Michael Thurman, and my dad, at the last minute, changed it to Thurman Michael, because my mom really liked basketball, loved Michael Jordan, so, um, yeah, my dad hit the switcheroo right at the last second, but okay. <laughs> um, he, 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 loves, he loves baseball and loves the Yankees, and um, obviously there's not too many better Yankees than the ones we're named after, so um, it's doubt. been cool. I mean, obviously, I get a lot of the a lot of attention for my name, um, but um, it's really cool to me. Of course. No, I, I think it really is as well. And so obviously, you know, sports has been an integral part in your life. So just describe your childhood and what led you into sports. Yeah, I think that we were playing sports uh, you know, as early as I can remember. I feel like I was on a football team at like five years old or something like that. And, um, you know, we having three, having two other brothers and, you know, just Having two brothers and playing every single day in the backyard. Um, we had a basketball hoop. We had a, a really good yard for wiffle ball games. And, um, you know, we were just always outside doing stuff in our games. And sports were the thing that brought everybody together. So um, it was pretty easy to decide on you know, what we were going to do in life. And you really can't, you really can't um, really pick a sport. It just kind of comes to you. And yeah. um, as I was growing older, football really just, came to me um, and 
know, I mean, obviously it's a great, great decision in my life to pursue football full time and um, hopefully that continues over the next few years. Of course. And so when was it that you realized even amongst your brothers that, okay, I'm, I'm actually really good at football. Yeah. Um, I try to say when I was like probably 12, 11 or 12, I was always, um, cause my older brother's two years older. So whenever okay. he'd have friends over do something like that, I don't be um, trying to compete with them. And at most of the times I really could compete with them pretty well. And, uh, you know, it's just something that, when I go in against people my own age, um, I really dominated them, especially at that age. And yeah, um, it was pretty easy to to tell that football was my sport, and, and obviously I wanted to be the best at it. So I just continued to work every day. And um, having my older brother was probably one of the best things that happened to me, just because, like I said, he'd always have his friends over, and we'd always be competing in different things, and that that got me tough, and that got me um, really just the kind of put me to the, over the edge on how to how to compete and, and how to win against um, people that are usually bigger and faster than me. For sure. And I was going to ask you, you know, did your brothers push you growing up? Oh, yeah, definitely. My older brother definitely pushed us. Um, I mean, me and my younger brother, we'd always be on a team together versus him and his friends. And yeah. um, I mean, I feel like we, uh, we have our own definitely. Um, I can remember one time, we were playing in the backyard, and it was just me, my older brother, my older brother, and our best friend. Um, and my older brother and the best friend were on the same team, and they're both two years older than us. My little brother, at the time, was probably five foot two at the at the highest, at okay. the most. And um, I mean, I was a decent sized kid, but um, we were just competing, and it was probably the best game of backyard football you'd ever seen. <laughs> Kept going back and back and forth, and we went, went into overtime. And, it was about a 45-minute game, and um, we, we eventually came out on top after they were cheating a little bit. So um, <laughs> that's one of, that's one of the moments I I definitely always remember. And, yeah, um, that's on your hard drive, huh? Yeah, looks like I could live those moments. Well, speaking of you know memories and you know your journey, so now you're transitioning to a a high school player that's uh, you're starting to evolve, and um, then eventually you set the national record for the most receiving yards in a game at 437 yards in one game. I, I, that's just mind boggling to me. So kind of describe that game and how it all came about and just the euphoria. Uh, I imagine surrounding that game. Yeah. Um, obviously going in my senior year, um, I worked extremely hard. Over the I, I just felt like I was really ready to compete. Um, I had a huge chip on my shoulder. Yeah. Huge scholarship offers that I felt I deserved, and um, so the first game of the season, I broke the Indiana state record for receiving yards in the game. I had like 370, and on the uh, the game after that, um, I had 340 yards, and then uh, the national year. And um, you know, I just felt like I worked extremely hard for that, and um, obviously, our high school offense was kind of either me go deep or Handed off to David Perkins, who played at Ohio State for one year and then okay. transferred to Illinois State. And I think he's on the practice squad for the Seahawks now. But um, so it was either do one of those things, and majority of the time it worked. So um, you know, I, I mean, it was a fun season, obviously. And um, you know, I just felt like I worked extremely hard for that. So you know, I was 
the hard work paid off for that season. And um, obviously, still didn't really get the scholarship offers that I wanted, but um, I think it all ended up the way it should have been and um, got to the point where I am today through that moment. So. Okay. Yeah. So now growing up in South Bend, I know I, I, I've read some things that uh, wasn't necessarily getting a lot of attention from Notre Dame. And even if you did, you might not even gravitated towards them. So h- how was that right. growing up in South Bend with Notre Dame, obviously being such a focal point of, of the town? Yeah. I think in, in South Bend, um, see there you, you kind of grow up loving Notre Dame. You kind of grow up, you, you just don't like them. And, my side of the family, my parents and my brothers, we just really didn't like Notre Dame too much. Um, my, my aunts and uncles loved Notre Dame. Okay. My parents, uh, my dad's side loved Notre Dame, but, um, you know, we just, we just really didn't like them too much. And we always grew up, um, Wisconsin Badger fans. So, um, that's kind of the team that we all gravi- gravitated towards was, yeah. was Wisconsin. But, um, you know, coach, when Co- Charlie Weiss was at Notre Dame, that's kind of the, the time when I kind of liked them the most. Okay, um, and you know, I, I felt like I always had a pretty decent relationship with him. And once he got the uh, Kansas head coaching job, he offered me that night. But um, I want to say he was at Notre Dame at Notre Dame at the time, but I think he would have offered me a scholarship. Honestly, that's where I, probably where I would have went just because of the, the offense that he used to run, success that his the success that his receivers always had, especially in the NFL. I feel like those guys always translated over to the NFL and I think a big part was because of him. So then what what drew you to uh, signing with SMU out of high school? Was it uh, head coach June Jones at the time that liked his offensive style? Yeah I mean I, I obviously liked his offense but um, the main reason was because of the receiver coach at the time Ryan Gold. Okay. Um, he was kind of he grew up in South Bend so um, he, he and I really hit it on uh, came visited me a bunch and you know, I just felt like that was the, the right guy that I wanted to really play for. And um, at the time, he he actually left from SMU um, about a week or two after I got there to take a job in the Canadian League. But you know, that kind of that kind of sucked because I was kind of the guy I was leaning towards being so far away from home. Yeah. Um, and having having gone was kind of a was kind of a rough time for me just because I didn't really have any family figures around and I was kind of leaning on him to kind of be that for the first couple of years of college. And then, so Bowling Green comes into the picture or were there other schools that you looked at before you made the decision to transfer to Bowling Green? Now, I think, I think there might, there probably could have been if I really looked, um, looked into it more, but I was kind of on a, a quick deadline to, to get a school picked in about, okay. uh, probably about two weeks. Um, and I just wanted to, you know, Bowling Green was my first scholarship offer coming out of high school. And oh, those, I see. those coaches always, they always showed me respect and yep. <clears throat> I kind of like what they were doing offensively. And, um, you know, the side deadline, I had to choose pretty quick and, um, you know, it, it all worked out. It really did. And, um, you know, I really can't, couldn't be happy about my decision to go to Bowling Green. I, both my brothers got to come there and go to school there. My older brother walked on as a quarterback, um, you know, it was a lot of fun for us to, to all be together and all live together. And, uh, you know, you really can't, you can't live those moments and, and not a lot of people can. Well, obviously it made it easy for your parents to be able to come watch the games oh, yeah, no. for, your, <laughs> yeah, for their kids, no, no. with it, all three of them there. Yeah. So now your 
first year at Bowling Green, now you, you battled some injuries. Walk us through kind of your mindset of, you know, the, was there frustration setting in that ready to quote unquote explode, but the injury slowing you down that first year at Bowling Green? Uh, yeah. Um, I had huge, um, huge, what, what should I say? Huge goals for the season. It was the first year that I really felt like I was really going to, um, just have a great year in college. And, and I was really looking forward to it. And about the third game of the year, I think I sprained my MCL and I think I sprained my ankle. So um, I missed, um, I think I missed six or seven games um, and then came back towards the end of the year and, and played and played pretty well. But um, it was definitely frustrating because it was the first kind of season that I was, I was really full time. And, you know, I was kind of one of the focal points of the offense. But, you know, all, all things happen for a reason. So I <clears throat> um, just came back strong at the end of the season and, and competed and got my job back. But um, it was a lot of fun for me to, to come out there and compete. Well, then following season is, is when you really came on the scene, you know, over a thousand receiving yards and really the focal point for the offense and actually even having some big games against what people would call the next level versus Tennessee versus Maryland. So playing against like Tennessee where you have over a hundred yards receiving, was that a point where you said, okay, I can actually play amongst these guys? Yeah. Um, you know, I always felt like I could compete against the best competition in high school, um, we had a seven on seven team where um, we go around and compete against usually the best players in the country. So going against those guys, um, I always have the confidence to, to compete against whoever lined up against me. And um, I just kept that mindset going to college um, that that year, that junior year of college ball. You know, so really confident going into the season. Um, it's our second year in our offense, and we kind of had everybody back, so we were all confident. And once we got there to, to the Titan Stadium, um, we just, you know, I think our offense really competed well, and I think we did a lot of good things. But um, obviously we didn't win the game, but uh, I think offense will be, it gave us the confidence going into the season that we can really do something special this year. And I think we did on the ball. Now, and some of your catches have been posted on YouTube, you know, your one-handed catches. And I've always been curious, you know, as we see other players doing that, is that something that you practice, you know, these one-handed catches, or is it just, you know, an instinct based on the situation of where the the flight of the ball? Um, I think it's both. <clears throat> obviously, you don't plan to have, a, have any one-hand catches in games, but yeah. um, obviously you practice them. Um, it's a, a certain thing that you have to do. On the TV, you have to be able to, be ready for any type of ball in any situation. But um, like I said, there's really not any, not any point in the game where there's a ball coming in the air and you just stick one hand out thinking that you're going to catch it once every time because, I mean, that really just doesn't happen. So, you know, it was, just, it was a moment I was ready for, and obviously it, it got pretty got uh, exposed pretty yes. pretty good on ESPN and stuff. So, um, but yeah, like I said, you don't really – you practice some, but you don't really expect to have any in the game. Um, anytime the ball's in there, you want to go up with two hands just to make sure you catch it. So, of course. Um, but it was, a, it was a good moment for me to, to kind of get myself out there a little bit. And I think it, it helped, helped the team out a little bit, too, just by everybody getting themselves out there. Oh, I can imagine just the excitement just uh, centered around. It's almost equivalent to a, a massive dunk in a basketball game. Mm-hmm. It gets everybody yeah, excited, exactly. for sure. Okay. So now after... You end up graduating from Bowling Green, which is fantastic. You get your degree, uh, but you still have some eligibility. And then so 
what's going through the thought process as far as the the next step looking at a graduate transfer opportunity yeah um no, I always felt like the I always felt like our head coach coach Chambers was going to end up taking a uh, bigger job just okay. because of stuff what happens in the match is when a coach has a couple of pretty good seasons that they usually get in a better situation but yeah. um you know I always thought that he was going to leave and towards the end of the season you could tell that he was going to leave just because of the success that we were having as a team and um, you know, I was kind of thinking about exploring the grad transfer rule, and you know, once the once the season ended, I just looked into it more and got more information on it, and you know, looked at a couple of different schools, Syracuse, Wake Forest, and um, Alabama came up. The receiver coach followed me on Twitter and kind of just assumed that they would want me. I have no idea why, uh, but you know, just looked into that and. Once the season ended, I talked to my OD and got some contact forms and yeah. <clears throat> put those schools on them. And he denied the Syracuse one and approved the other two. So I went up to Wake Forest to see the uh, the old Bowling Green staff, Coach Glossin and them. Yeah. And then uh, just randomly talked to the Alabama coaches. And they told me that they wanted me as a grad transfer. So that's pretty tough to turn that one down. I know that's uh, obviously a, a pinnacle of college football and being under Nick Saban. So walk the listeners through, you know, that, that year at Alabama and just, you know, all that you learned, uh, obviously going to up against some of the uh, best competition in all of college football. Right. Definitely. Um, it was definitely a learning experience for me. You know, you go into a place like Alabama, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, obviously I wanted to have a good season because I thought that helped me. But um, that was, I did not have a good um, I think I did a lot of things that stats really don't show. But, you know, going into the season, um, is, I think the biggest thing I learned that every day there's competition, especially at the level of Alabama. Obviously, you know, you just you go on every day, you get to make sure you're working hard and, and performing your best. And that's kind of what I did to, to earn a starting spot because I wasn't guaranteed anything. Of course. Coming into the season, um, I always had to, had to work really hard this one I was and um, it was obviously going into the season was pretty frustrating at points um, getting any balls during games and not getting any targets um, it, was, it was definitely hard because that's not what I was used to as a football player I was used to getting the ball and kind of getting the offense rolling but you know, it's had a different role and I just learned that team's always bigger than yourself obviously there's points in games where you think that you can make plays but you've got to you've got to rely on the coaches to make the right calls and uh, put the people in the right situation to make plays. And for the most part of the season, it, it worked. And I felt like as an offense, that we would have been a feature of potential the whole year. I think that we could have been scoring 60 or 70 points a game just because of the amount of talent that we had. But, um, you know, you just can't, you can't, can't talk about that now. You know, you've got to go move forward and move on. Now, spending that year at Alabama, do you, Feel that overall it has helped you your continuing this journey in terms of preparing you for the other aspects of a wide receiver position. You know where you're doing more blocking that help you at Alabama. Oh yeah, I definitely think so. Um, obviously, playing special teams helped me. I ended yes. up being starting on almost every special team in the season, so um, I think that getting that experience at, at the level that we played uh, definitely helped and. Um, obviously, 
I always felt like I was a pretty good blocker, so um, that was just something that you know you really had to have the mindset of doing, and um, that's just something that um, I always felt like I could do. So that wasn't anything new to me was to block, but um, I think playing special teams and, and kind of putting myself out there in different situations I've never been in school really helped me going to the next level. Now, as you're going through this process, participated in the pro day at Alabama. What has been some of the feedback, uh, if any, that you've received from any scouts, coaches, or anything uh, to this point? Um, I think I performed very well at Pro Day. Um, okay. I thought I had a, a really good day to show scouts that I can still run all these routes that I've always run in my whole life, and um, I can catch the ball very well. Yeah. Um, and I showed off pretty good speed, and you know, you just gotta show people that um, just kind of what what kind of athlete you are, and kind of how you how you react to coaching, and kind of what they just situations that they throw on you during the during the pro day you just have to be able to react to them so um, I thought I did a really good job and, and my agent those all the scouts were talking good about me so uh, obviously what that they'll really be able to tell in I think 10 days now so that's right I'm looking forward to, to the draft and um, obviously won't get picked up on probably the first or second day but uh, we're hoping for the third day to be a really good day That'll be fantastic. Yeah. So uh, speaking of what continues to motivate you and, and drive you, you know, to pursue the NFL? Um, I just, I feel like I can compete. Um, obviously I look at um, some of the receivers that are like, ranked and stuff ahead of me. And um, I just know that I'm a better football player and a better receiver than they are. So um, I just know that uh, my athletic ability and, and my hard work and dedication to the sport, I feel like I still have a lot, a lot to prove. Um, and I just feel like I can always, I can always go out there and compete. And you put me in a situation that um, you need to, you need somebody to rely on and somebody to be um, coachable and, yeah. and somebody that you can just trust. Um, I feel like that's the that's the kind of player I am, and I think I can prove that at the next level, especially. You definitely have the confidence, and I know you need that at that next level. And you know, speaking of the confidence and you know, looking up to players that are in the NFL. Are there any particular players that you model your game around? Yeah, um, I think that um, – I mean, I always grew up a Packers fan, so okay. uh, Jordan Nelson is one of the guys that yeah. I've always looked at. Is just a, a guy that you know not a lot of people think is explosive, not a lot of people think is, is that good. But um, if you look at the numbers, he's one of the best receivers in the NFL um, in the past six or seven years. So um, just looking and see what he, seeing what he does, um, on every Sunday, um, I feel like I can go in and and do that for a team and and be the kind of a quarterback back pocket guy and and just be somebody that he can trust that any situation in the game to get him to get the ball and, and to make a play. So knowing the impact of sports in your life, what do you feel ha- has been one of the things that you've really learned through your journey in sports? Um, I feel like the one thing I've learned is there's always a you always have to have a backup plan, no matter who you are and, and what you've done in the past. Uh, um, not a lot of people care about what you've done in the past, especially playing football-wise. Um, you just have to be able to really react to any situation, and, and that's something I've learned, just to stay on your toes, no matter what, because nothing's guaranteed, yeah. especially at this level. And, um, I think that um, it's a, I think the biggest thing to me is having a backup plan and, and always being able to be ready and in case something doesn't go your way and uh, just having something to fall back on um, job-wise so you're not um, hurting your family in any, in any way. 
Um, but yeah, I just think that um, always being on your toes and being being able to react is, is the biggest. That's great. Now, and you've got a sports management degree from Bowling Green. So, do you plan after you know the NFL opportunities? Um, would you stay in some type of sports field, or have you thought much about after your time in playing? Yeah, I mean, at the point at the time, that's what I thought I wanted to do um, was to be an athletic director. But um, okay. I've like grown a little bit older. I mean, I've kind of realized um, that's just not not the type of job I want to have, and I've gotten to. Uh, a job offer actually from a marketing place down in Daytona Beach. Okay. And uh, once I'm, they told me once I'm done playing football that I can come in and, and I'll have a job. So um, it's pretty, pretty nice to have that security For behind sure. me. And uh, you know, it's just, I think that just comes from being respectful and, and doing all the right things and just showing showing people respect. And um, it just kind of came that way. And I'm pretty excited about that. That's great. Well, you know, as we wrap up here, uh, Garrett, again, greatly appreciate your time. And, you know, one of the things that I'm a big believer in is that what I call words of wisdom. And do you have any mm-hmm. quotes or phrases or words of wisdom that you've used throughout your journey in sports that has helped motivate you? Um, I just think something to me is, uh, I think pretty sure Derek Jeter said it about, um, you don't have to have any talent in the world to work hard. And, and that's kind of Especially him, um, yeah. I think he kind of sets the example of being the ultimate pro and, and doing everything right. And that's kind of somebody that I've always looked at to, to be um, really just somebody that just <clears throat> you can model, you can have a role model that's in sports. And, and I think he's the perfect one um, just because you can always tell that um, he worked hard and, and did all the right things. So um, I think you don't have to have any talent to work hard is something that I live by because like I go into every single day working as hard as possible. And I never want to be the guy that says I should work a little bit harder. So um, I'm just, you know, just that type of guy to me. Yep. Well, obviously can't go wrong with that type of role model as well. So, well, Garrick, I can't thank you enough. And I really appreciate your sharing your story. And I've got one last question though for you is that yep. when you score your first touchdown in NFL, can I have you back on the show? Oh yeah, no, absolutely. I definitely do that for you. Fantastic. Well, I'm excited and I'm going to be following you. And uh, obviously the draft is coming up and best of luck with that and best of luck with the engagement and the next steps in your chapter. And again, thanks so much for your time, Gary. Okay. Appreciate it. Thanks. We greatly appreciate Garrick sharing his journey. And again, the beginning of his journey, what I really like if you listen to it was impact that his brothers had and just the memories he has in the backyard playing with his brothers and how incredible just remembering that one particular game in the backyard that it's burnt in his memory. And that's something he'll have on his hard drive for a long time. And his brothers can be a part of that. And that's what I like is that it's connecting family members even at a different level. And that's what sports can do. And it's just amazing when you look back at the little things that you might remember all related to sports and just what that has meant for Garrick. And now he can use that as motivation from the 
impact that his brothers had on his life as he's trying to start that grind of making it in the NFL and just what that journey is going to look like. And I'm excited for him. I think he's going to do it. I really do. If you go watch some of his YouTube videos, some of the catches that he's made and against real competition when he was at Bowling Green State, this is not against all MAC teams. I mean, he's going up against the Tennessees, the Maryland's, and then in, even at the University of Alabama. I mean, obviously he's practicing with some of the best players in the country each and every day. He can only get better. And I think he's developed some other skill sets that I think will transfer into the NFL. And I'm excited to watch his growth. And I really do. I hope he scores that touchdown and we get him back on the podcast. I'm really excited about that. And also very excited that we're coming to the end of the official launch trio episodes. This is episode number three. And please connect with me, Twitter at Rich Take Sports, email Richmond at richtakeonsports.com. Visit our website, richtakeonsports.com. Subscribe. Give us the biggest compliment by sharing it with others and rating and review on iTunes. And I look forward to next week. Remember, focus forward so we don't live in the past. All the best, everyone. You've been listening to Rich Take on Sports, the sports podcast with life. Visit richtakeonsports.com to subscribe and catch up on any episodes you might have missed. You can also follow us on Twitter at Rich Take Sports. Thanks for listening.